Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to the Banff Podcast. I am your host, Mike Lafferty. Here's our cheesy musical intro. That's, uh, that noise assures you, gentle viewer, that you're listening to a high-quality, high-production value, farm-to-table, ethically-sourced, geeky conversation. <laughs> artisanal, uh, even. Artisanal. And we are here with two guys. I don't know how we get guests like this on our show, but God, I'm grateful for you guys for showing up, uh, giving us a little bit of class. Uh, Nick Cole and Jason Onspeck, the uh, authors of the Forgotten Ruin series of military fantasy and the uh, very well-known, very successful Galaxy's Edge series of uh, military science fiction. Hey, guys, thanks for coming out today. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you for always having us. Uh, we didn't realize this was a classy kind of joint that would let people like us in, but here we are, and you'll be hard-pressed to get rid of us. Yeah, I love Nightcrawler-themed podcasts, which I assume that's what BAMP is for. And I am ready to talk about our favorite German mutants. We, we are the number one Nightcrawler-themed podcast for like 20 years now. So uncontested. We just Only the best. Specific you mean the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, right? Not the X-Men comic. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people went to that movie thinking, like, oh, finally, a Nightcrawler movie. Walt, did you fall for that? No, no, uh, down below in the uh, the thing, everybody's saying, hey, it's Walt T and uh, the Emperors. So nice. I hit him with the jockey. Nice. Yes. <laughs> well, then you were probably sorely disappointed by Jake Gyllenhaal's movie. If you yes. Went expecting brimstone and teleportation. <laughs> I really needed, needed there to be some uh, fuzzy German guys, but there weren't. So that sounded strange. So let's switch topics. <laughs> And talk about Sergeant Thor, one of the fan favorite characters from the Forgotten Ruin series. Um, and now he's got his own series of books, um, tinyurl.com slash Sergeant or SGT Thor. And you guys funded ridiculously fast. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, thank it, you. Was it was a labor of love. So, um, go. Well, <laughs> Sparky was weighing in the comments saying, how much do I have to pledge to get an undead character who repeatedly sets off traps? And is immediately resurrected. <laughs> Sparky was watching the stream earlier. <laughs> we just finished. Uh, we we picked up a guy in, in DMZ in Call of Duty, and we could not convince him to not stop tra setting off traps. So finally, we just weaponized him and turned him into a human torpedo. That works. Knights of Barsoom says, uh, but, uh, "Yes, yeah, Thor. Thor is off and running. It. it, it I." I I'm usually pessimistic about stuff, you know, and you, you know, you know, kind of like, kind of like George Costanza and Seinfeld when they finally get the, the pilot and uh, they give him the private jet and the jet's crashing. And he's like, I knew this would happen. That's kind of me sometimes like, you know, no good thing is going to happen or anything like that. But it was a weird kind of thing. Like I began to feel more and more positive about this. And then I read the copy that Jason had uh, uh, written for the, um, the Kickstarter. And there's just a line in there that said, you know, uh, you know, uh, imagine a Ranger version of Thor with an anti-material rifle. And I was like, that is going to be like chum in the water for people. And uh, so far, so good. It's, it's doing really well. We had some really cool, fantastic stretch goals. And I think people have really opted in for those. I'm excited about one in particular, but we haven't reached that one yet. Well, tell us about it. What are you excited about? Oh, what I'm excited about that one is it's called Requiem for the Fallen. And so, uh, part of the publishing contract that we've signed is there'll be an anthology 
And uh, Monster Hunter himself, Larry Carrillo, will be appearing in that man, man uh, that manthology. It, really it is a manthology. A, it could be a manthology. <laughs> this is a pretty, this is a pretty testosterone male specific series. It's, it's very a throwback to Ari Howard's uh, Conan. Um, it's the early feedback is like, wow, you guys, you guys really went there, and I'm like, yep, we unashamedly went there. We took a modern. U.S. Army Ranger and just turned him into Conan and, of course, gave him an anti-material rifle, which is called the Barrett, lovingly. Uh, a lot of people get upset when it's called the sniper rifle. It's usually it's it's actually a rifle that you use to shoot down helicopters or uh, shoot through bunkers or take out light-skinned armored vehicles. It's really a, a fantastic weapon. I have a friend that actually owns one in civilian life, and he's he's very pleased with it, and he will never sell it to me. That's okay. I can't own it where I live, you know, legally, but I'm not going to say that it's not buried in the concrete below my below my porch um but uh it's 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 a really cool uh uh series and it is a manthology and so when we get to the anthology we'll have various writers there one of those will be larry korea and that's, one that's of the a he's a great he's an outstanding guy yeah in in he's he he is an on par excellence writer um and as a human being he's an exceptional person and so it's always like if you can get him involved in anything you're doing, good times are going to be had. And his writing is just pure fun, pure fun, beautifully crafted. Check out the Monster Hunter series. His uh, son, uh, Sword of the Black, uh, not Sword of the Black Coast, um, Black Sword series is really, really, really cool. Many other things. But he'll be in the anthology. And one of the stretch goals in the anthology is something we call Requiem for the Fallen. And so if you support the Kickstarter, um, you're going to be able to give us your favorite D&D character or your name is an anagram or your name, uh, as long as it's not ripping six pack 69. And uh, we will have Sergeant Thor kill you in a massive battle Royale for the anthology. So you'll go down in bloodthirsty history. We'll make sure you give a good account of yourself. You won't, you won't die. You know, you won't die without some hits. You'll, you'll get some good rolls and saves and stuff like that. But you know, you're going to get killed by uh, our version of Conan. Yeah, I would say that you need to really back a high tier to draw blood, though. Let's just be honest. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, we got a question from a commenter. Uh, Greg Franz is asking, so is Requiem for Fallen the anthology? I think we answered that, right? It'll it'll be in the anthology. So the anthology okay. will come as the fifth book in the series. And uh, then the uh, the that 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 novella of bloodshed and slaughter and mindless violence uh kind of like you know the the guy on venture brothers who was just a mindless swedish murder machine it'll be like that and mm -hmm. uh and then uh that'll be in the anthology if you've backed it you get to you get to be famous all right sweet uh kentucky squirrel says if we hit 100k do we finally get moon god potion i wish i yeah. wish that's i can't promise anything because jason will say hold on there buddy we're not right, i mean we, we we can probably make some moon god potion in the bathtub yeah and uh and ship it off right like yeah 100k at that point we can we there's can enough italians involved in this equation that we can make some bathtub wine and call it moon god potion <laughs> you know i knew some guys running a larp back in the early 90s in central indiana and um you know a bunch of guys with foam swords in the park and they had healing potions and uh, the deal was they would seek and make the most vile thing possible like you know crisco liquefied with sea you know sea monkeys and if you drank it you get your hit points back but it was always something <laughs> awful 
<laughs> the whole game stopped to see if the guy would actually, if he wanted his hit points back that badly. <laughs> Here is six ounces of your mother's bathwater. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that, that, that joke was just for me, folks. <laughs> Serious question from Sparky. Why did you guys decide to go the Kickstarter route as opposed to your normal process? Jason? The crickets. Oh, yeah, I keep. Is. Yeah, I'm. I'm back now. I keep. I keep popping in and out. <laughs> the, the, the suburban, you know, suburban Wi-Fi and everybody coming home from work. Um, what, why did we go the Kickstarter route? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we believe that Kickstarter has some different algorithms than Amazon, and we noticed this at our last Kickstarter, which. Walt was involved with uh, through Hazard Games for our Forgotten Ruin tabletop RPG. Um, we had some tiers that were pretty pretty out there. We had a, a great day in Vegas where we were shooting fully automatic weapons and playing the RPG, and it was sort of this this fun you know nerdy get together. And we assumed that everybody who signed up for that tier was going to be a hardcore existing fan of Forgotten Ruin and what we do. What we found was these were people who had no idea who we were, no idea who Forgotten Ruin was. And so as we researched, we realized that there's a lot of people who kind of cruise Kickstarter for uh, ideas that came and found us that way. Um, so we're launching it this way so that we can get Sergeant Thor in front of some different eyeballs than who would usually see it when it launches on Amazon or when we send it to our own list or, or go to our Galaxy's Edge Insiders. Uh, that's the biggest thing. It's just another avenue to get people's attention. And on that, on a note about that trip to Vegas in sort of gaming terms, we challenged a, a rival adventuring group who ran a small Brazilian tavern to a meat eating contest, an endless meat eating contest. And we lost. Just yeah, but there's no real loser in that one. Like I can still taste that pineapple. <laughs> I, I, I still feel, I still feel the meat sweats. And that was six months ago. The real treasure is the herbs we ate along the way. <laughs> um, can, can, we need to talk about this art for a minute. And before we show like some of the art, uh, uh, Mike, I'll uh, I'll share my screen. Yeah, go for it. And um, that screen. You, yeah, no, that screen. So you you really gotta uh, appreciate Mark Lee's art uh, from Coffee and Perspective, and you can see the little sister cover right there. Um, but like, can you talk about uh, um, picking up Mark and and like what the collaboration process was like for that. Cause like, I'm a huge fan of his art. I love his stuff. Yeah. He came through you. I mean, you, you would share me stuff. You're like, Oh, this is cool. And I like this. And I would start looking at it and, and you know, we look, we liked the line art stuff and everything. We're like, but this, this will not work for a cover. We've had experience with that in the past. It doesn't, it doesn't translate. Um, but then I dove into his stuff that he never shows which is over on his website, which is odd. Like it's not part of coffee and perspective. And he does some really killer colors covers. And I was like, it feels like you're, you're not pushing the covers hard, but you know, I mean, maybe I, you know, I, there is there, there, there's a hard time for artists sometimes because they don't have the permission to share them or, you know, they're still waiting for it to be, to come out. So that might, but we, uh, we really got into his art. He did uh, the strange company uh, two cover 
or no, Strange Company 3 cover. I, well, we can't. That's one we can't share. And we liked that. And that was really cool. So we're like, okay, let's, let's, we're going with this very sword and sorcery pulp uh, Frazetta look. Um, let's see if he's, you know, and so we put out our requirements and, and what we'd like to see. And he, he was game to try it. And the first cover is, is book one, which I don't think you've shown yet. And that, that cover was so killer. Just we're like, unbelievable. Yeah. We're like, well, let's, let's, you know, we're going to do a novella here. Let's, let's do something a little more fantasy. And we threw him a curveball. We're like, Hey, you know, we want to do, we don't want to do that because the, 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 the short story, which everybody can get for free. And Jason will tell them exactly where to get it. Because if I tell you, you'll end up at some weird Pornhub website, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that like killing Walt. Uh, Walt can't, I say stuff and Walt just dies. <laughs> it's almost as good as my friend Josh Hayes, who I almost killed one time in Vegas with laughter, or our perpetual friend and uh, and soon to be published writer Leo Vicari, uh, Leo Vicaro, who I can almost pretty much just slay with it, with anything I say. But um, we wanted to do something. Uh, it's a riff the the short story that you can get for free right now to kind of get into the universe. Um, we wanted to do it's a riff on if you know the Ari e. Howard story. Uh, uh, the Frost Giant's daughter. We wanted to do a riff on giants, but we didn't want to do the standard uh, Scandinavian Norse mythology giant. And we, we threw him a curveball and we're like, what does a Malaysian giant look like? Because these giants are from Malay, you know, in the Southern Pacific. And, and, and there's, they're, they're in a different place. They're not there, but they're sort of wandering gypsy giants that are out there and they're bloodthirsty and cannibalistic. And I think what he nailed there exceeded my our, our expectations i i dig that picture there's not enough modern military element in it there is in the first cover there will be in the second cover and the third cover and the fourth cover uh but uh that that picture is pure epic fantasy yeah there it is right there yeah that's it and you can get that short story and you can read it now and then there's no one that you can give a one-star review to it because you hate us because we're just giving it to you. It's not even on Amazon. You can't go to Amazon and buy it. You can't go to Reddit and buy it. You can't go to a gas station bathroom and buy it. We will give it to you. And if you hate it, you can just seethe in your own rage. But so far, it's pretty. it's been pretty well received. So if they want this story, where do they go? Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, it's on Kickstarter? Okay, I thought it was on the Forgotten Ruin website. Yeah, see, right. I would have blown it. I would have sent everybody the Kickstarter and we will know what that would happen. Just... Don't. <laughs> Don't look up Kickstarter.com. Don't. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Hey, we had a question from David Losey I wanted to circle back to. He was asking if there's any kind of uh, tabletop RPG tie-in for Sergeant Thor. Well, there will know. be. There will be, right? Like, like eventually, Walt, yeah, th there's the tie-in right there, the original. Eventually, Hazard Studios will be releasing some, some Sergeant Thor additional look at that, items. Aaron. It's so beautiful. You got um, some Dean Spencer in there, don't you? I don't. Uh, I love Dean. Dean's awesome. Dean's a good guy. Right. But, you know, Walt has to finish making his allotment of mud bricks without straw. And uh, <laughs> until that happens. Yeah. We'll see. Yes. Once our, once our pyramid is high enough, we shall release him to his mortal fate. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the game, like that game, and, and obviously you could play the Sergeant Sword stuff in there. And I'm sure we'll, we'll probably do a quick addendum to it. Like, hey, here's some. But the difference, like, okay, the concept of Forgotten Ruin is, have you ever wondered 
what a 240 Bravo uh, medium machine gun would do to an orc horde? And the answer is it would do what this book tells you, Forgotten Ruin, which is a bunch of rangers basically fighting an orc horde. It's very simple. Um, we're not breaking, you know, we're, we're, we're not getting uh, a Hugo or any kind of precious award from the New York Times. We just we just said like, hey, let's throw America's premier killers against an orc horde and see what happens. And it turns out the orcs did pretty well. We had to give them like giants and trolls as like heavy tanks and some wizards and stuff like that. But the rangers pretty much straight up murdered them time and time and time again. It's a pretty fun, pretty fun read. Um, with Thor, who is a part of the ranger detachment, he's he's a, in the sniper section. And in fact, he's the team leader in the sniper, sniper section. Um, time and time, he's this guy who basically uh, conned uh, the command team into letting him grow an epic operator beard because he converted to neo-paganism. And, uh, and so he, he, basically, he basically is just embodied the concept of this, this very uh, hyper uh, edge kind of character who's seeking to push himself to the, the, the limits and has rejected sort of the modern conventions of society, very much like Conan. And um, in the Thor series, what we wanted to do was, was still have the modern warfare versus fantasy elements, which I think we've contrived. Um, but then we also wanted to, to take it to 11. We wanted to go to Epic. And where this came from, I think for me, and I think Jason and Walt had better Dungeons and Dragons gaming experiences than I did, where they actually got to do cool shit. Um, I was a little kid. I was playing D&D. And there were all these like college level, you know, probably slightly autist uh, math and science majors. And all they wanted to do was run killer dungeons and kill you. And so like, I think that my highest level character was like six. I think I had a seventh level cleric that popped seventh and died in the village of Hamlet in Temple of Elemental Evil and got assassinated by these. So we never got to the big high level stuff. And what Thor is, is Thor is, is the modern military fantasy, but now dialed up to 11, where he's actually going up against demigods, mythical beings. His story is much more epic than the ranger's story, which is much more uh, Helm's Deep. Uh, combat, you know, versus versus the Orc Horde and the Witch King. It's it's much more of a tactical sort of read and game. Thor is where you you literally get to uh, you get to you know go to the city of brass and fight the Jins in a big war. All right, cool. So Thor is treading the jeweled thrones of the earth beneath his sandaled feet. One hundred percent. I think we actually even we've even taken the lines like that and just lifted them in like reframed them because we we so one love re howard love conan and we wanted we, we wanted more of that and i and i think people want more of that and people are starting to be able to do that yeah yeah now i know there i've there have been one or two rangers who have mentioned hey maybe i'll go along with thor when he decides to uh take off does thor have a sidekick or two tagging along you know what he, he he just he just faded he he, he mm -hmm. after ten thousand years because the Rangers go 10,000 years uh, into Earth's future, and because of a nanoplague, it's basically gone all D&D. &D. And he figured himself uh, 10,000 years uh, past his ETS date and released himself on his own recognizance. Sergeant Major, who's fairly wily, catches up with him and basically tells him what the deal is. And so he's going on an extended scout on his own, is how the, the detachment looks at it. So I, I think he's the kind of guy that wanted he he want he's the kind of guy that goes offshore helicopter surfing uh, south of Australia three hours out into the big waves to see if he can do it. 
He's that kind of guy. And so he does uh, kind of like Tyrus Rex in the Galaxy's Edge series, who is a loner, perpetual loner, begin to acquire people. Because the guys like that have a tendency to inquire, to acquire hirelings in, in D&D terms. And one of the first hirelings he acquires is a, is a, is a thief that's very much a, a, a combination of uh, uh, the thief in the Conan the movie and Mako, who was such an awesome actor. He's, a, he, he's, a, he's possibly a ninja. He's a thief. Uh, he's definitely uh, from the Eastern reaches and he's got a lot of wisdom. He's got a good spirit and he's kind of showing Thor the ropes because Thor's basically been traveling across the ruin with the Rangers and they've just been basically deployed in the field the entire time. Now on Thor's own, the first place he makes for is a city called the city of thieves and he's going to get involved back in civilization. And, you know, like any E6, 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 you know, uh, on his day off, he looks like a total goofball and stands out. And so he's got to have somebody uh, to show him the ropes in this in the streets of the city of thieves. So Greg Franz, the comments has a question. He's excited to see what kind of magical powers Thor's bastard exhibits. Yeah. I don't remember that happening yet in the stories. Uh, did I miss something? Uh, in uh, in uh, um, I think in, violence uh, of action at the end. It, yeah, in violence of action, it, it's it's implied that it has a relativistic force. It hits a little harder than it should. Um, in the first book, I'll just throw a spoiler out there. Um, he gets uh, his element gets rushed by scarecrow infantry, and mm -hmm. as he slices through them, they begin to catch fire. So uh, okay. the ruin the ruin revealing is a concept that's all throughout. So. Some people, when they, because of the nano plague, the nano plague, you know, when it started in our time, began to turn like lawyers into vampires and and uh, gangbangers and hajis into orcs and and uh, newscasters into trolls. You know, it, and there's a, there's a reason for that and things like that. But um, after ten thousand years, those those people evolved into big tribes. Well, when people go forward in the ruin, there is you know like psionics back in the day where you had to roll double O. Uh, to see if you had psionics. Uh, the characters in these books have to roll. And so far, we've had a few people actually come up double O. We had one guy become a were-tiger. We had one guy become a minotaur. Um, yeah. Thor didn't. Right. Thor didn't. Nothing happened to him. Talker, the, the hero of the series, he came up with psionics. And um, and uh, the sword uh, is also suffering the effects of, of the ruin revealing and it's beginning to uh, morph to, as is uh, Thor's Barrett anti-material rifle 107 Alpha, which he calls lovingly Mjolnir. Or, most people don't know, that means the grinder. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, all right, so everyone, the ruin reveals, and as it sounds like you mentioned, you know, lawyers become vampires, newscasters become trolls. Sure. It, it kind of reflects something from inside you. Yeah. So um, what happens to multi-level marketing people, and why are the goblins? <laughs> that's perfect uh, why are they goblins because uh, they were just calling to uh, ask about your extended car warranty <laughs> sweet well um, you guys are off to a great start you're funded at a very high level and you got almost your whole run in front of you so uh, I'll be excited to see the, where this goes we got a question about audiobook narrators um, in Twitter are we too early to talk about that at this point no, we're we're cast. It's it's Christopher Ryan Grant who does all of the Forgotten Ruin audiobooks. Also does okay. uh, Nick Strange Company and narrates the Little Sister short story, which you get for backing the Kickstarter at any level. Right off the bat. All right, cool. Yeah, we've already that's already in the can and ready to go. 
So you, you kind of start getting stuff pretty quickly, but CRG, as we like to call him in-house, is um, he's our gem and no one can have him. <laughs> he's actually, you know, he's so good. He's filling in for RC Bray on some of the series that RC Bray had to drop because of health. So yeah, that's how no one, that's how far he's come since yeah. you since we started working with him. I don't want to have to write him. Well, let me put it this way. I had to take a flight to where he lives and I got a pumpkin and it's hard to get a pumpkin at this time of year. And I put a knife through the pumpkin that I bought at Sur La Table. And, and I put a post-it on there that said, you, if you record anybody else's books. And I don't want to have to do that again. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's that black Irish. <laughs> well, he he knew the DA was going to let him out, so he might as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get away with anything. It's not like you know, like it's yeah. Anyways, <laughs> there's no hey, quitting this thing. Once say, your galaxy's edge, yeah, he's locked in for for us. But yeah. no, he's you know, like it's funny. Um, we find Christopher Ryan Grant, and audio is so powerful and huge now. The deal for this book series was made uh, as an audio deal initially. And so when you back the Kickstarter, um, this is your one chance. And if I get this wrong, everybody, you know, tackle me and tell me I'm wrong. But like, this is your only chance to get the hard copies, uh, as in the, the the physical hard book of this of the series. The hard copies, gonna, yes. Yeah, it's going to look gorgeous, but we're not, we're only doing that here. Because the audio deal really locked up the rest of the books. So this is the way to do it. And this is the way to get it. And also just because of the times and, you know, the way the internet is and, and sort of, you know, whatever, um, it's probably a good idea to get physical copies of everything that you love. And so we're going to make this really gorgeous and it's going to look cool. And there's going to be a box set when we hit that stretch goal, but we meet Christopher Ryan Grant, uh, uh, over in the strange company series and, and forgotten ruin. And he really doesn't have like, he has like two or three credits and Jason had listened to a biography and says, this guy's really good. And we gave him kind of an audition. He didn't know it was an audition. He just thought he was getting in an Uber and we were taking him to deliver, you know, Pakistani food. But we asked him to read a few chapters and he did great. And then we turned him on to the audience and our audience is very heavily into RC Bray fanatically. And so the fact that they kind of loved him and took him into their own, it's a testament to how awesome this guy is at reading. And the fun part is, in the audiobooks of Galaxy's Edge, there's a lot of fun voices. He does the Thor boy voice exceptionally well. But the voice that I like, because I sent him the, the direction, he's like, well, you got this wizard. And he's basically uh, Gandalf. His name's Vondahar. And, uh, and uh, yeah. how do you want me to do him? And I'm all, it says it, do Gandalf, man. He's like, mm -hmm. do, do Ian McKellen? I'm like, yeah, do Ian McKellen. He's like, can I do that? And I'm like, I mean, I don't even know that this conversation really happened, but it happened in my head. So... <laughs> <laughs> basically he's just doing ian mckellen from lord of the rings and if you don't you don't know how much you need that in your life it's awesome because vondahar says a lot of fun stuff really so you can nice. actually go over to audible right now and get that series and uh and and listen to ian mckellen yeah i've listened to most of the books off audible and it's they're great listens it's really great yeah, actually they're fun finished. listens I just finished Underspire, I want to say a month or two ago, uh, which yeah. is a, a different narrator. And uh, Walt helped yeah. on them that one, didn't you, Walt? Yeah, probably yes, the I greatest did. the greatest book in our series is Underspire, hands oh, down. Clifton Duncan Every, did a great everything, job. Yeah, Clifton Duncan is really cool. Uh, I found that guy on Twitter. Uh, he's a really cool. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's an actor. He is just a really neat guy. 
And we plugged him into uh, Underspire, which is written by our very own Walt Robillard. And uh, he says Robillard. I say Robillard <laughs> the proper way. <laughs> um, and it's everything pales in comparison to the dwarves of Underspire. Fact. That's um, it's the best dwarf novel I've read in uh, many decades, actually. Exactly. Born so, the dwarf. Dwarf. So stupid question, but I keep looking at this picture of Sergeant Thor and thinking that looks like a, a beefed up Matthew McConaughey. Now, fantasy world. If you guys were going to cast, you know, a unlimited budget Hollywood version of the Forgotten Ruin, have you thought about who you'd cast in various roles? Are you like reading my dream journal? <laughs> it's dark shit, man. It's dark. Yes, I know it is. But the Matthew, like the part where I say, I wish I could cut off Matthew McConaughey's skin and wear it around and do roles as yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, that's I'm. I think Jason and I. I won't speak for Jason on this. Thank you. But I have a feeling I am speaking for him on this. Like casting is hard for us because we don't know new people, modern people. Mm. I mean, it seems like all the people are appearing every second. It's like now, if you ask us, like, who would you cast for the, us this in the '80s? We could literally give you like a doctoral, a three-hour doctoral thesis Absolutely. on each character that we would cast for this in the '80s. But Matthew McConaughey as like, uh, I think he'd be great as the Smadge in a certain way, Sergeant Major. Mm. But I know that he, like, if he was willing to bulk up and get in the jam, because Thor is jacked. He is mm -hmm. like a human triangle. His lats are huge. His his uh, his traps are like iron bars. So whoever's gonna do it is gonna have to commit to the gym. We probably have to get the Thor guy from Marvel. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. He could probably do it. Well, I we're would gonna like have to, to see. Uh, we're gonna have to surfer him up a little. He's gonna have to get yeah. away from this proper you know like he's gonna have to like you know because there's there's a little there's a, but uh uh and, and thor's got a deep voice so we would definitely we would definitely go with that yeah i'd like to see like somebody like scott eastwood even though yes. he's he's, yeah. he's a little thin right now oh, no. bulk him up and and yeah. throw that operator beard on him yeah i would i would abduct him a lot of my fantasies involve abduction i don't know why Wait, i probably man. shouldn't say that on the internet <laughs> But I would, I would basically put a fire hose of creatine into Scott Eastwood's mouth, and I would jack him up, and then I'd turn him loose. That would, that would be epic. I, I just watched the video of that. Yeah, that yeah, would be Alan Richardson's cut. Alan Richardson too, the guy who did um, uh, the Lee series, um, Reacher yeah. on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, he that oh. dude is huge. That was yeah, his, yeah. He, uh, he's got the size. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, so. I, 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 I honestly think like I think that Galaxy's Edge would be our, our best property yeah, for like a big, big thing. But because of the sort of, you know, special effects, I think it's the hardest to overcome. We have had we have had Hollywood talk and deals and uh, it's it's it, I think it's going to happen. Um, something with us because we're, we're doing pretty good as a as a as a as a team that develops content that people like. And that's being noticed in Hollywood. Um, I think Forgotten Ruin is the most likely to be made because I think it has a I think it has an accessible production value. I mean, basically, yeah. you just go over to Czechoslovakia and get some guys to put on some green makeup and be orcs, you know. We, and then you, you could probably some, go to New Zealand and take the stuff that the Lord of the Rings left yeah, behind. I think it's just yeah. sitting everywhere. Just yeah, grab those rubber you, masks and swords. You're good. Yeah, and you just take a bunch of wannabe actors from Hollywood who are little gym boys. And make them rangers, 
But what those guys don't know is we literally have all these rangers who like swear to me. They're like, if this goes to production, I need to be there. To unfuck <laughs> this production. I'm like, you got it. All right. Uh, who plays Tucker in this hypothetical movie? Probably me. I mean, All I'm right. not too old. No, no. I mean, like, uh, I see. It's it's again. You've got to go for these younger, little guy actors. But I think I think back in the day, you know, like like I, I, here's what I would say. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? Maybe. No, Sparky. I'll play Goblin number five forty two for free. Yeah, exactly. I could play Jabba. I I could own Jabba, um, who's a little goblin dog that they picked up. And, and he's basically become the AG on the gun team. Um, but like back in the day, I think, I think Robert Denny Jr. would have been a great talker. Yeah. As a young kid when he was yeah. younger. So whoever is that now, that guy. That would be interesting. Yeah. See, that's how Jason, and I think like Jason would be like, you know, you know, like Rowdy Roddy Piper would be the Sergeant major. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He would be pretty good. Yeah. yeah but he, yeah. Dead, so, well, they do all kinds of things with computers these days. Yeah, they, AI. Exactly. Yeah, I saw the Irishman, and they had, uh, you know, actors who were seventy years old, you know, playing the forty-year-old version of themselves. Exactly. Uh, you know. Exactly. Anything can happen. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I actually think AI is way more advanced than people are are hip to, and I think we actually. And it's weird. I wrote like thirty years ago. I wrote a short story about this, um, but I do believe we will actually move to. Um, productions that don't have any real living human human actors and like we'll literally have our favorite actors from the past so you have like bogart and christian slater in a buddy comedy about two, <laughs> na two navy seals loose in bangkok you know and and you've got carl weathers as uh, the guy they're trying to kill and you'll be able to do all this with cgi i mean with with a uh, ai and it, you won't be able to tell it's you'll literally be sitting in in the movie theater, you look at your wife and you're like, I'm not high, but I'm tripping yeah. hard. Wait, wait, when with... Admiral Joe Pesci shows up. <laughs> oh, when Admiral Joe Pesci shows up. You, I will I will literally like, you know, like in, in pro wrestling when they would introduce some big thing and the guy would like literally like throw something down and like stomp around because he couldn't deal with the fact that the Undertaker had just come out of retirement to stomp some dude. I don't even know if I'm getting that right. That will be me when Admiral Joe Pesci shows up. To like tell Carl Weathers, you know, you're canceled. And then like Humphrey <laughs> Bogart and Christian Slater fly in and like they rope down, fast rope down, and they're like laser. That'll be cool. Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see first is some of the old franchises, you know, well, Star Trek is probably the first one where they can they can make new original series shows if they want. Exactly. But I'll be screaming in the back, that old whore! You know, so <laughs> Star Trek has had its chance. And I love Star Trek. I am an avowed starfleet battles junkie and i actually worked on a soap opera with uh directed by Chekhov, who hated mm -hmm. my guts because um, you kept calling him Chekhov. that was a big part i kept part calling of him Chekhov, and he's like stop calling me Chekhov," and i'm like okay Chekhov." and uh uh but you know like i don't know space 1999 that'd be cool but star trek always i mean what i would like is starfleet battles i don't want star trek I want oh, to start it'd be nice. Actually, just... what I really want is the um, really awesome novel that no one's read from back in the day, Final Reflection, which is Klingon Captain Kirk. Ooh, mm. that would be great. Ooh. And he's got an Orion concubine as his, as his wife. And it's so awesome. <laughs> oh, Mike's looking it up. Basically, yeah, yeah. basically, everybody in the internet just said you had me at Orion concubine. 
I'm trying to get a good copy of the cover. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, uh, well, cool, cool. Well, hey, guys, I like to keep these short, fast, and fun. Um, we have a question from Sparky. Hang on. Sparky says, Nick, where are you on your Star Trek project? Uh, it's coming. I've been, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, project that we're all working on and it's 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 going to be our version it's going to be galaxy's edge's version which galaxy's edge the company wargate the company it's going to be our version of uh star trek and i think that uh it'll be cool because it'll it'll be like legionnaires meets star trek black hawk yeah down star trek. i can't wait for that yeah that's that sounds pretty awesome eta on that or just uh still in development i would say development right now we right, take yeah. our time with stuff we like Forgotten Ruin, uh, we had sold uh, way in advance, and they were like, when are you going to give us this big epic Tolkien thing? And we're like, we changed it. It's now machine guns and orcs. And, you know, like, we took a, we take a long time to surf around to things, and we want to do it right. And that's why we're not kind of part of the publishing mode of, like, hey, what's hot right now? Let's jump on that. We're like, we'll tell you what's hot when we do it, and then you'll all jump on it. I know, that's arrogant. <laughs> that's kind of how we do it. It's worked so see. far, except yeah. for you know, Buddy Beaver, Space Detective. That that we have to be <laughs> honest about work. that. That was. I think fit. it'll find its audience. Though. I really do. <laughs> I, I got to tell you guys, people in the comments want to see Strange Company three really bad. A lot of comments about this. I know Strange Company three. It's it's the coming. <laughs> it keeps Nick awake. <laughs> it's it torments me. It's you know, like it, there's. It, it, thank you. It's coming, and you're gonna love it. And the cover by Mark Lee is unbelievable. Ball. Oh man, it's so it's good. awesome. It's so good. Sweet. Let's look forward to. Once yeah. again, tinyurl.com/sgtthor. You can check out this Kickstarter. And if I heard Nick correctly, this is your one big chance to get the physical copies of these books. Yes. So you you want to jump on this like it's hot as soon as you can. You got 28 days left. They're knocking out stretch goals. Yeah. So this is your chance to jump on that bandwagon. This is the good time. So, uh, and there's one there's one ridiculous goal in there because we always put ridiculous goals in there, and then someone actually like buys them or we're like shit. We have to fill this one, and <laughs> and this one this year is go to Disneyland with the team, and you can see that I'm a lot of fun and that Jason is a stabilizing influence, but it's really Jason is darker than I am. So like his asides and comments and commentary are worth its weight in gold and you can't you will not have more fun than watching jason deal with people who go to disneyland like <laughs> just his like the, the look on his face the internal monologue is worth worth the, the price of admission it's worth the price of admission so and you'll have walt there and he's like a walking murder machine like <laughs> right. li literally he's got like seven to eight weapons on him but he likes to quote unquote go for the walt high scoreage carry a pencil so, scary actually you know yeah. and then there's me saying inappropriate things so i would i would definitely opt in on that high tier role um you will have a ridiculously fun time you know um they're now having alcohol for the first time in walt disney world at uh, oh actually, yeah you can drink yourself silly yeah at, at the star wars land which i won't call galaxy's edge because you know i understand it's a complicated issue know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know people Curious. say they ripped it i mean like like initially they we were first and they say that we, but like even sober people I know now, like one of the most sober judicious people I know said, you know, they're just ripping you off. Like with the Mandalorian and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's kind of hard to believe. But when you look at it, it's kind of like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like you they feel were, like you could, you, you could see it, right. They probably read it. 
now that I now I mean I just can't believe it, but now I can see it. It's um that we could do a whole show on that on that specific subject. I've I've got theories about how they did you, you guys a huge favor by fucking up Star Wars because it's created a lot of opportunities for you. And then somewhere, somewhat Lucasfilm realizes how badly they fucked up and they're trying to course correct, and it winds up not looking dissimilar to similar things you guys have done when you're on fucking Star Wars. Yeah, it's like they're out in deep water in the mist and fog, and mm-hmm. they've seen the buoy that is us, and they're like swimming towards it. But it was like, joke's on you, this buoy's insane. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now we're just taking up their, their castaways. Like, it, it's kind of a bit of a spoiler, but we just released a new Tyrus Rex book. Tyrus Rex is one of the biggest uh, Galaxy's Edge characters. And we felt that since Disney decided that Boba Fett no longer flew in the Slave One, then a character from Galaxy's Edge would just go ahead and take the Slave One. And so, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're willing. We're willing to go ahead and pick up what they cast away at this point. Yeah. If they're, you know, if they're, if they're picking up the plot lines for for a few stories we can pick up slave one you know i um i was wearing a star wars shirt in a coffee shop back when book of boba fett was on the air he said oh hey you're a star wars fan they go yeah yeah he goes hey they went book of boba fett and i'll play they both looked at each other and kind of yeah 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 boba yeah, fett only I... wishes he was tyrus rex well you know like i have i have i have a friend who has a mandalorian tattoo and he regrets it so much (laughs) because repping Boba Fett at that level is no longer as cool as it once was. Mm -hmm. You know, welcome to the PTA board, Boba Fett. Here's the season one is still quality. Sorry, go go ahead, Nick. Oh, no, no, please. You go ahead. I was just season one. It was a good show. Yeah, Uh, I'll, I'll watch that, you know, once a year or so. I'm still digging it. Anyway, Nick, you were saying. Uh, the happiness that I have achieved in life with respect to Star Wars, which was, I, I think we're all, it's like, it was a huge thing on us. The happiness that I achieved in life was when I saw the first new movie. And I said to myself, Star Wars ended at Jedi. And I'm good with that. And they're fond memories for me. And I love it. I, I love seeing Boba Fett in my mind in Jabba's Cantina. And I love it, you know, in Empire and everything like that. I think when you when you, when you allow yourself to define your experience with it uh then you're cool but if you say oh no i i'm gonna let this corporation fire hose my mind it's uh it's it's disappointing and when i like when the second movie of the new cycle came out and the third movie and everybody was so enraged and upset i was like no i walked away at jedi you know i'd seen the other things but i'd let them go (laughs) and i just said oh no no i'm I'm like in a little i'm like jim terry in the bathroom before he's about to be molested by sea bass i'm in a happy place (laughs) that that ends at jedi jedi is my being molested in a bathroom by sea bass happy place Right, yeah, and and you know what? That lesson's a good lesson, and you do the same thing with Indiana Jones now, and you end the Last Crusade, and <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, that's it. Good enough. Done. <laughs> I, I compare it to being a Cubs fan. Yes. You know, there've been. Some oh yeah, the World since... Series you guys won. That's really. Uh, yeah, my team's never been, but sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you hang on to the glory moments, think about those, and you have different feelings about the more recent seasons. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Ken Griffey is still in center right for Jason. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I, Julio, I, Julio gives him a little bit of room, but yeah, that's that's very true. I still look at 1995 as the pinnacle of our baseball season because 2001 was too painful. Let's <laughs> let's let's tie the major league record for most wins in a season and then get blown out by the freaking Yankees. That's I'm still hurting. Still, <laughs> that, it's that a wound wounds. that won't close. Yeah, it yeah. sounds raw. Show us on the jersey where baseball hurts you. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's craziness. Well, hey, Jason, Nick, closing thoughts. Uh, thank you so much for having us. And thank you, everybody who just like the stunning thing was the amount of people who like before moment one, like before my first coffee, which is when civilization restarts, like it was already close to funding. And and that that is not anything that we've done. That's a gift from God. And that's the gift. The gift from God is the people that jump in and, and love what we do and just res respect us and we respect them. And it's like, it's, it's an overwhelming thing when you meet, it, 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 it hits you that you have this responsibility to, to give these people joy. Um, the editor wrote me something today about something. And I said, we will get this right because the people that read these books are keeping America alive. Cause a lot of them are truckers and they write us and tell us how much the books, the audio books get them across the country. The people that read these books are keeping this country alive, despite a lot of efforts by a lot of other people. And so I just said, you know, we say as a team, um, we'll do whatever it takes to get it right for them because they're keeping us alive and we need to entertain them. Entertainment is part of life. So is work, so is struggle, so is pain, so is sleep. So is a big giant bowl of Wheaties. And uh, our job is just to distract people from sometimes the bad news and the hard work and just give them a little bit of rest with blasters, bots, babes, rangers, orcs, and goblins and 240 media machine guns. So that's that's the stunning thing. And we're, that's what that's my thoughts. They're not very coherent. <laughs> Uh, Jason, anything to add? No, that's it. I think every time we have an opportunity to do a Kickstarter or whether we do like a fundraiser, um, we are always blown away by the involvement and generosity of the people that are reading these books. This is These are the greatest readers and listeners on the planet, bar none. And so we just get really excited to share these things. So we hope everyone likes it. They seem to. Um, you can know that we're going to do our absolute best to make what you get from this Kickstarter as good as anything we've done. You know, like neither Nick or I want to feel like we peaked back with season one of Galaxy's Edge. So we're excited about this and we're excited about what we have coming and we're excited that you guys are there with us. Sweet. Well, thanks again for coming up. Walt, uh, you've been kind of quiet. Any uh, Anything before we uh, sign off? You ever see that that behind the scenes thing where Dave Filoni is like listening to all the Star Wars greats and he looks like a kid in a candy store? That's that's me all the time, you know, working with these guys. So it's like, you know, um, not only do do you get to participate in what is arguably some of the best science fiction and uh, military fantasy out there right now, but the like Nick was saying and then Jason reaffirmed is that you know these people that i talk to uh, via the kickstarter when they're uh, getting in their pledges and and saying hey you know um, i have this is there this also or whatever when you talk with these people uh, uh they're they're showing you how much love they have for this property in a lot of these questions and the the thing that scares me the most is you know putting the uh putting these two gentlemen in the best possible light when i respond and it's just like it's just like it's almost daunting you know you sit there and you're just like oh, i hope i don't screw this up <laughs> you know so you, you just uh, uh i think i think the kickstarter is amazing the stories are amazing um little sister you get it automatically when you plug into um when you plug into the kickstarter um 
listen to it and you know decide for yourself but i mean the just that first story is a riff on a classic conan trope and it's done very very well uh i hope walt remembers us thanks leo checks in the mail um but um you know and and uh i get chapters uh periodically from nick about like like what he's working on and i'm just i'm just like you know cheerleader after you know the winning goal like oh yeah here we go you know and, it's and hats off to walt reading them when they're on toilet paper written in, crayon. <laughs> <laughs> written in crayon um but like the big ge community like walt and and sparky just typed in it's like the ge books are an awesome gateway to knowing people really quick last anecdote we had a, a widow uh, uh, touch jump into the fan club last week. And she said, I just want to let you know, my husband passed. He spent his you know, last time telling uh, me how much he loved this entire community and the books and the characters and the stories. And she's like, he's been gone for a week now. And I just wanted you guys to know how much he, he loved this community. And the response that she got back from everybody is like, yep, that's why we do this. This, that, uh, that's not even why we do this. That's like the, the best thing ever. So it's, if you're looking for a tribe, come on over. You can even hate on the books, but really a great group of people. Excellent. Absolutely. On that happy thought, uh, get to tinyurl.com slash SGT Thor. 28 days left. Good time to jump on. Fellas, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank and, you, uh, Bob. Everyone in the comments, it's been nice hearing from you tonight, and we'll catch you next time on the BAMP podcast. Rah! <laughs>